Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Super compliance has been a very hot topic in recent years, with many organizations incurring financial consequences. With the introduction of the new payday super requirements, the question is, would payday super create a compliance burden for businesses? Hello, my name is Annalyn Toledo. I am a director in KPMG's payroll practice, focusing on helping organizations manage the complexities of their payroll function. I'm joined today by Alston Cam, a director in KPMG's employment taxes, and together, we will share insights about the compliance and operational implications of Petty Super. Hello, Alston. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me on today. All right. So, Alston, let's begin with understanding what is Petty Super, what has changed, and when will it take effect? Yeah, sure. So, Payday Super was announced um, by the federal government on the 2nd of May of this year and, and was further confirmed in the in the federal budget on 9th of May. Um, and what it's seeking to do is ensure that employers make payment of superannuation into employee super funds on the same day that they pay their salary and wages, hence the name Payday Super. Um, it's going to be a significant change from the current requirements, which requires employers to pay on a quarterly basis. Um, and it's due to kick in from 1 July 2026. Yeah, so, so broadly speaking, payday super is a change in payment frequency, which could be significant for organizations that have weekly or fortnightly payrolls or those with more frequent out-of-cycle payruns. While it appears to be a simple change, a change in the timing of payment, when you consider all the various elements and regulations that influence a super payment, such as the super stream system, the rules on maximum super contribution base or super capping, the laws on superannuation stapling, and the regulations around super guarantee charge, there is a broader implication of this new super reform, particularly for businesses. But first, let's look at how payday super benefits employees. Alston, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I guess the main benefit from an employee perspective is really what the policy is intended to, to do, and that's make sure that employees are getting the right amount of super paid at the right time or in a more timely manner than, than they otherwise may have um, and give them safeguards in relation to underpayment and on-payment of super. Um, the requirement to pay super more regularly should mean the risk of SG entitlements not being met is minimised. Um, I did read some commentary following the announcement in the budget um, and that listed out the main beneficiaries of the new um, payday super reforms being those in lower paid, casual or insecure employment um, who are more susceptible to lose out on super where you've got the delayed payment um, as we do under the current system. Um, in particular in this category was an over-representation of women. Another clear benefit of payday super for employees is also the improvement in retirement income because of the advantage of compounded interest or investment income. Of course, when your super contribution is paid timely into your super fund, your money will have the additional investment earning opportunity, allowing you to grow your retirement savings. But while the benefits of payday super to employees are clear, Alston, what are your views as to how payday super benefits employers or businesses? Yeah, I think it, it's actually a similar benefit for an employer just on the opposite side. Um, the requirement to pay super 
um, at more regular intervals should hopefully mean that there's um, less underpayment and late payment, which would of course put employers into the um, quite punitive superannuation guarantee charge um, regime, which penalises you with admin fees and additional penalties on, on interest. It's a move that's something closer to real-time reporting, and so hopefully that reduces administration time in the long term for employers. Um, Although from an employer perspective, I think the main benefits sit outside of compliance. So Alan, are you able to share some of the the improvements that we can see from a process and and control perspective? Sure. From a business operations perspective, the new super reform is going to force organizations to examine and uplift the government's processes for super reporting, which actually includes accelerating their investment in automation and improvements in their processes and controls. Now, this is a real positive as these factors are critical for long-term sustainability and for future-proofing an organization's payroll function. In respect to automation, there is already technology in place that allows SuperStream reporting to be completely integrated between the payroll system and the clearinghouse, which makes SuperPayment really efficient. But in reality, um, there are still businesses completing SuperStream reporting manually. In fact, some larger organizations dedicate resources solely to complete super reporting, payment, and reconciliations. So to manage the administrative costs and ensure payday super compliance, it is important that businesses invest in automation sooner rather than later. Another advantage of payday super is also the extra push for businesses to strengthen their processes and controls. As an example, an organization will need to tighten its employee onboarding process. The increase in super payment frequency may significantly reduce the time in which new employees must provide their super fund details, as well as the need for organizations to request stapled fund information from the ATO. This reduced time may result in late super payments and potentially non-compliance. Another example is also an organization's policies around out-of-cycle payments. There needs to be tighter parameters on when an out-of-cycle payments are allowed, and it should be on an exception basis. Obviously, the more out-of-cycle payments that you have in addition to regular pay runs, this will increase administrative effort and cost, which could also relate to late super payments and, again, potential non-compliance. We've talked about the benefits of payday super for employees and employers. Now, with the laws and regulations that I've mentioned previously governing superannuation guarantee, Alston, tell us about the compliance considerations. Yeah, whilst on paper it seems like quite a simple change, right? We're just changing the frequency of payments to super. Companies pay super all the time, currently under the... the, um, current regime. Um, But in reality, there are a lot of challenges that the company's going to have to face when considering the implications for employers, ATO, and and for super funds. Um, I think firstly is the increase of cost of compliance. And you've talked about that increased cost in terms of uplift of processes and um, automation and things like that. But in the short term, um, if we think about, again, the the SGC regime and, and the penalties that can be attracted for late or underpayment, um, you know, how employers grapple with making payments on time at an increased frequency um, could actually result in SGC statements being um, issued and, and those um, additional costs being levied. Um, you know, previously, employers had three months to get super right in terms of collating data, reporting it and making payments to super funds. Um, so given the complexity of some payment arrangements, like you've alluded to, so weekly payments, out-of-cycle payments, um, 
and with the added complexity of employers having to interact with multiple parties, so clearing houses, super funds, um, I suspect we might see a spike in SGC disclosures in the short term um, as employers grapple with those frequency of payments. I certainly think that's a sleeper issue that hasn't fully been contemplated yet. Um, the other issue that that is is around the space is around testing. Um, so you know we've obviously got a long lead time until go live, some some three years, um, but at the moment as it stands, there's no real live or, or testing environment for employers to see if their systems and processes are up to date to, to report and, and um, pay on time. Um, so hopefully there's some sort of formal testing environment the ATO consider um, in the next few years. Um, outside of this increase of cost of compliance, what are some of the operational challenges, Annalyn? So there, there are several considerations of payday super for businesses. Um, first, increasing payment frequency naturally leads to an increase in transactional effort and administrative cost. So the potential for increase in cost is one factor that businesses just need to be cognizant of. Um, second, increased payment frequency may result in higher volume of returned super contributions. So the, there is an administrative burden of managing return super funds and the potential for businesses to incur late penal, payment penalties under the SGC rules, given the time required to address return super and rectify these payment errors. Um, as what you've mentioned, Alston, super payment arrangement is complex given we operate on a super stream system um, where multiple parties are involved in completing a super payment. Some common issues that we actually see organizations face is when an employee fails to advise his or her employer of a change in super fund, which creates an instance of failed super payment and the need to reprocess the payment. Another common issue that we also see is when an employer incorrectly entered a super payment reference number, prohibiting the clearinghouse from correctly distributing the payment, and again, creating another instance of failed super payment. And so it would really be interesting um, to see how the final design of the payday super reform will look like, because um, these examples are practical challenges that the businesses face today. And then the extra time that will be provided to businesses to rectify super payment errors and return super is really, really important. Um, Another consideration for businesses is carefully managing their cash flows. Again, with payday super, payments would now need to be made on payday rather than having an option to actually defer that payment until the quarterly due date. So that will have an impact on cash flows. And then lastly, other than the businesses, um, clearing houses and super funds will also need to adjust and ensure that their systems and processes are adopted and then set up correctly to handle the increase in volume of super remittances and the need to accurately and timely match and distribute the funds to the employees' individual super accounts. So there is a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to consider. Um, lots of challenges obvious benefits for employees, um, but certainly a lot to consider from an employer perspective, regulator and, and fund perspective. Um, if we quickly talk about what's next, so um, given that Go Live is just over three years away, um, we understand that the Treasury and, and the ATO will be taking consultation um, with both industry and stakeholders in the back half of this year. So um, something to keep out for and very interested to see kind of what falls out of that consultation process. Um, one other point that I thought might be worth mentioning is um, 
In addition to the pay, payday super announcement in the budget, there was also additional funding to be provided to the ATO. So some 40 million is going to the ATO um, next financial year. And that's set aside to assist them with improvements around data matching and overall um, super guarantee compliance. So. You know, this coincides with the theme that we're seeing in the market around super compliance um, and, you know, the intention is to give the ATO additional resources to, to help govern super. Mm-hmm. So, so there is clearly some lead time for all parties involved concer- concerning this major change. And I guess businesses, um, payroll system providers, clearinghouses and super funds should carefully monitor um, the consultation process. And so that's it. Um, that's what we have for today. Um, Alston, any final thoughts? Um, I think just to, to wrap up, um, you know, whilst the policy intention is to ensure that Australians are getting the right amount of super um, on time, um, you know, there's an overall theme of compliance in the super space, as I alluded to earlier. Um, we touched on the $40 million in funding that's been given by the government to the ATO in the next financial year. Um, and this is actually off the back of the National Audit Office um, report into the ATO's um, effectiveness in addressing super compliance. Um, I think the estimate was that there's a gap of super from, of about $4 billion. Um, and there's also a recent bill that was put into place to include super as part of the national employment standard. So it's clear that superannuation is something that's going to be in the spotlight you know, now and in the next few years. Um, and as we mentioned, kind of governance controls around super compliance is going to be critical from an employer perspective um, and you know, should be a, a focus for employers. Indeed, indeed. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Alston Kam, Director in KPMG Employment Taxes. My name is Alan Toledo, Director in KPMG Payroll Services. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page KPMG Tax Now Insights for regular updates. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.